Hi and welcome to Leitrim Daily. My name is Brefni Early and you are listening to episode 78 of the show. It is Faces and Places and this week I'm looking back to the Loch Rin Harvest and Vintage Festival held late last month in Loch Rin Hotel in Mohol. I had the pleasure of speaking to musician Johnny Brady, Captain Jack Sparrow and event chairman John McGuinness as well as plenty of other revellers in Loch Rin on the day. Just a reminder that we are looking ahead to our 100th show, which falls just a few days ahead of the Leitrim GAA County Finals. It's also going to be in the middle of World Mental Health Week, and we decided to bring all those events together into one single night. On the 8th of October in the Glen Centre in Manor Hamilton, we will be inviting you to join us for the live recording of a very special episode of the show. We'll be featuring the teams in the county finals, chatting to great characters from the club and celebrating the 25th anniversary of Leitrim's historic 1994 Connacht Senior Championship victory. We'll be taking a look at all the teams in the championship finals in our ultimate preview show. Tickets to the event will be €10 plus a small booking fee and thanks to the support of the Glen Centre, the entire ticket price will go to North West Stop. Tickets are available now on theglencentre.com. Let's get on with the show and head to the shores of Loch Rin for a step back in time. Everybody, who wants something out of the box of tube, go hooah! Who wants some of Poirot Sweets? Got crisps. I love the crisps. Oh, yeah. Perfect. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Empty box, empty tube. Who wants some sweets? Everybody go, who are? We're going to have to sit down. Move right back and sit down. Oh. So I'm here with Will from Corvinos, and you've spent all day entertaining the, the kids here in Lockrin. We have indeed, yes. We brought our Pirates of the Caribbean show today, and uh, we had a great crowd, and the weather's been good, so can't complain. You were playing Captain Jack Sparrow, I think, and you were confusing the kids with fruit. They were looking for the sweets, though. Yeah, it's great. You know, uh, Jack is a good character. You get away with murder, so you can uh, do a bit of magic and, and uh, sort of uh, try and puzzle them a little bit by uh, offering them treats that don't appear. And it's like offering them treasure aboard the ship. So, yeah, and they were good. They were good fun. Now, we've seen you at a few festivals this summer in around the county, including the Carrick Water Music Festival, yeah. I believe. What exactly do you do and what's the range of things you do and offer to communities and, and that sort? Yeah, great question. Yeah, listen, we, we've been in the business a long, long time, so uh, we have to evolve as, as the business evolves, especially the entertainment businesses, you know, where, you know, there's big changes in different sectors, especially with insurance and things like that. But what we tend to do is we provide everything from product uh, launch entertainment where we might have giant ribbons and confetti cannons to a meet and greet characters where you have your stilt walkers, your cartoon characters, and then we do a lot of themed entertainment, like we see today with the Pirates of the Caribbean. We have our circus show, we have our Wild West show, uh, we have our hero show. So we try and change it up every year to do something a little bit different. And then as you go into the winter months, we do a lot of work for shopping centres where we avoid grottos, animated scene sets and things like that. So, yeah, we kept busy all year. And, but once you can change and evolve to suit, it, it works well. It seems to be quite a, a busy time for you this summer. You've been everywhere. Um, what's your favourite one personally to, to deliver? Oh, God, you know, um, in relation to the theme, you mean, what's the favourite theme? Well, we, we brought back this year the Wild West theme, 
which um, we brought back to Rush first in, in Dublin for their Harbour Festival. And uh, that was brilliant. It really was good. It's the most enjoyable for all of us because uh, we get to have a lot of fun with that theme. Um, I mean, the Pirate theme is good. Uh, we've been doing that for years, but the Wild West we introduced probably about 10 years ago and we took a break and it's back again this year and it's, it's, it's gone up a gear, so we really enjoy that one. Now, that's not a local accent, but yes, I remember seeing this group yeah. when I was in primary school and that wasn't today or even last year. Yeah. Uh, where are you based and how long have you been around? Okay, so we're based ourselves, we're based uh, just outside Longford, but like that we travel the whole country. Myself, personally, I'm originally from uh, the Midlands, Mullingar, but I was brought up in Birmingham and back home now over 27 years. Val, my wife, she's an actual Corvino, so her family, we've done the family history last year, go back over, you could, well over 300 years. We've gone back to the 1700s where... It was very easy to trace the history. When you look to trace your history, you'll find, oh, my father was a carpenter or a painter. With Val's family in the entertainment industry, um, you'll always find it so easy because you'll see, oh, they, they were uh, artists, they were painters, they were comedians, they were musicians, and we were able to trace it back uh, well into the 1700s. And past that, it has gone past that, uh, we believe back to the siege of Derry in 1689, where the McCormick family, which is the Corvinios, McCormick with the M-I-C-K uh, would have entertained when the walls of Derry were sealed off during that period. So we believe it goes back as far as that and maybe even further than that. Well, listen, can keep up the good work keeping the kids happy at these kind of festivals because you keep the kids happy, the parents get a chance to maybe sample the other delights yeah, around exactly. the place. Exactly. It's nice to, nice to meet you and you're doing a great job. Thanks for having us on. As we came in here to Loughran today, the first thing we saw was one of the, the main attractions here today, Johnny Brady. Johnny, you've had a busy summer touring around Leitrim and beyond, but you must have seen every back road and by road in County Leitrim this summer. Hi, it's great. County Leitrim has been so good to, to myself and the lads this year. Um, you know, you know, the weather's great here today and it's been a great sort of a festival season for us. And um, so, like, I mean, here today in Loughran, we've been amazing, but look, we just, we're traveling all the roads, but we're happy to do it because I say it's a great thing to get up in the morning and. Do do something that you love to do and, and I always thank my parents actually for that because they always used to say to me Johnny get up if you enjoy it just follow your heart and you know you guys in Leitrim have been awesome for me this year we've done more in Leitrim than we've ever done before you know so it's great. In terms of today you're in a kind of rustic setting it's outdoors it's daylight it's a bit unique for yourself. It is unique and I think a lot of bands love doing something I guess because everybody's sitting around and again the weather's a great thing but just like sort of like old rustic seats and, a, and like a rustic dance floor we're playing in an old sort of a I think it's an old mill I think it's an old mill it was a sawmill at one point so we're out here in the sunshine and what could you ask for more we're doing good country music great dancers lovely people meet, meeting a lot of people here today a lot of kids here today as well which is which is which is the future of everything so um, yeah thanks to those guys for having us here in Lockerin it's amazing how different is it performing to an audience that hasn't had a skin full of pints sometimes because I say a lot of a lot of socializing in this country revolves around the bar and to Today, there's no alcohol in sight really. Yeah, well, do you know what? It, it's more of a concert sort of a setting, and they are listening more, if I'm honest. Uh, it is harder because whenever you have a few drinks, uh, everything, everybody sounds good. I always say the more you drink, the better we sound. And the, 
and my uncle Pete told me that when I started in a band and you know there's, there's a bit of truth in that but at the same time I think whenever country dancers are out there a lot of country dancers don't go out to drink they go out to dance so it's a great thing um, and uh, you know the kids obviously don't be drinking but they're just out partying they're kind of dancing they do their own wee dance to all the songs and then if you do something at the end that sort of suits them like shut up and dance or something like that then everybody's happy you know so it's, it was no trouble I really enjoyed it and uh, I think the people enjoyed it which is more important you know you have a busy schedule I know you're in Derry tonight and another gig you're talking about tomorrow as well for local fans where is the next time we might see a Neutrum Ooh, now that's a tough question for me that's the hardest question anybody asks me and people ask me all the time and i got to apologise because I'm such a uh, I'm a, a sieve and my head's a sieve um, I know you can check us out uh, you know on johnnybrady.com uh, you check us out on Facebook look I do my own Facebook along with Martin as well and if anybody ever sends me a message I try my very best to get back to them so if anybody's looking out you know we're going to be doing a concert tour coming up um, we've just uh, we do a thing in, in, in February or sorry March every year in the Clayton in Gold Way. It's called Brady Fest um, and it's flying at the minute. We get Derek Ram with us this year. We got Jim Devine back. We do an in the round, a singer songwriter thing. I'm, I'm, I'm mad to promote singer songwriting, that kind of thing. So I mean, we were always going to be around. Um, I suppose local to here. We've done like Mullahern with the Cavan. I know there's a, the, an Eagles Take It to the Limit is coming to the, the, the Kilmore and Cavan and, and other gigs around. So just check that out. We're doing a concert tour as well. So we'll be around somewhere, you know, somewhere. And people can find out all about Brady Fest on your website and social media as well yeah on the website on social media it's right up there at the top of the page it never moves you can check out who's going to be there it's a really good deal for the music and stuff that you get and there's evening meals and stuff like that and it's just a real sort of a country music party festival the whole weekend and we're very lucky to have the talent of, of Derek Ryan and Jim Devine and I bring along some singer-songwriters for the Saturday afternoon session as well so it's really cool thank you well Johnny thanks for entertaining us all today and the best of luck on the trip to Derry tonight hi it's my pleasure my pleasure man take care keep her country yay Brian Gorman, you're sitting here in your vintage car. Do you want to tell us a little bit about about the vehicle? It's in 12.4 Burnham. She's uh, 90 years of age, 1929. Um, I have her 15 years, and uh, she's one of a few of them I have. So you've brought it down today. How far have you travelled this morning? It's there from Lamford, about uh, 20 miles. And then I have another car over in the courtyard. That's a 1968 Rayleigh 472. And do you go around to all of these vintage shows or is it just the local ones? Just a few of them. I used to years ago when I was young. But they're getting, every year I'm getting older, they're getting less. But the cars stay the same age, right? Yeah. Yeah, the cars getting older, like myself as well. How difficult is it to keep a car like this on the road, or, or do you take it out much? Yeah, the, the main thing is where you store them and where you keep them, and you have to have a good garage and central heat and the whole lot. It's very, that's very important, because if you haven't got that, you're as well off, have no car. In terms of the perception of these kind of cars, people would see them as a bit, possibly, of an expensive luxury. Is that really the case? Yeah, they're, how do you call it... Um, the, main, the, the people that owned these cars years ago, and uh, they were um, chauffeur-driven, they, they had a business, and they, there was the driver to drive these cars. And uh, that's uh, the value of these cars now, they're very expensive, 20000 for th- this car now at the moment. Would you get out driving in it much? 
I would uh, like it's um, years ago I used to read it a lot more but now just for the last this year now I wasn't at too many shows and what's what enjoyment do you get out of this how, how much do you enjoy these kind of events my my joy is um, like antiques right and uh, I suppose I get joy over the car another man I get joy over going to the bookies but the only thing is I think I'd be better the, the fellow going to the bookies. <laughs> you get more pleasure, he gets a bit more disappointment, usually. I'll have to have It's, um, at least I have something. I could, if I was going to the bookies, I could lose the car. <laughs> well, listen, Brian, enjoy your day. Thank you very much now. Tommy, there's loads of stuff happening here in Lochrane all around the grounds, but sometimes it's not about what's happening on the on the actual ground itself, or maybe up in the air. Yes. You're adding a little bit of a third dimension to this festival. Yes, uh, we want to see everybody going up uh, in the world, so uh, this is the climbing wall here. Four different uh, routes of varying difficulty, and um, everyone's having a good time here. Yes. Now, there's loads of kids decked out in shorts and T-shirts climbing up and down this wall here. Tell us a bit about it. Uh, the wall is a, it's a 7.3 metres to the 8 foot high and it's auto uh, B-list, so it's very safe, very easy to climb. Obviously, it's, it comes in its own machine as well, so you can move around and bring it to different festivals rather easy. Yeah, it's a mobile climbing wall. Um, we're an adventure centre based in Ruski, uh, Shannon River Adventure, and uh, the wall is, is a very important land activity for us. So it would be uh, semi-permanent at the adventure centre, but it's also, it is mobile, so it um, falls down and goes behind the van, so we can go around to events with it, yes. And where can people get more information about the wall if they wanted to take it maybe to their event? Well, you can just uh, check out Shannon River Adventure. That's shannonriveradventure.com or uh, Google is there, Shannon River Adventure, or uh, call us on 071 And as well as the wall, you do water-based activities too? We do a range of water-based activities and um, uh, plenty of land activities like archery, obstacle course, dynamic games, that type of thing. We do a lot of uh, school work, group work, we, uh, primary schools, secondary schools, all youth organisations, and we run uh, our camps during July and August as well. Well, Tommy, enjoy sending people up towards the sky. We'll keep going up, up, up uh, and up again. <laughs> John McGuinness, it's been a long couple of months in the build-up to this. Uh, you must be kind of half relieved it's over at this stage. Brilliant day, though. Oh well, absolutely. I mean, it's a huge, it's a huge undertaking, and as I've said before, you know, we have to set this up on Sunday morning and we have to take it down yet but it was brilliant and given that the weather conditions haven't been great for the last week we were really blessed with a fantastic day and I think probably one of the biggest crowds we've had in years The atmosphere has been really really good all day kids enjoying themselves the bouncy castle Corvinos are out entertaining the crowds at the back we had a word with them as well some of the traders some really unique pieces here today Well absolutely I think uh, a lot of the craft stands that we had this year I'd say were probably by far the best we've ever had they were really good and while the overall number of stands might have been down the quality was certainly way up so we're we're very pleased with that and we're very pleased with all of the children's activities but the Lochrin Fest is now a huge family day out. There really is something for everybody and I think we've delivered on that and we're, we're delighted with the grounds, we're delighted with the hotel for letting us in and we're delighted with, above all with the weather. Yeah, it's been great because as I've been walking around today I've seen people from all over the county from as far away as Manor Hamilton or Drumshambo or even in North Roscommon there's people have come the whole way over to this part of the county. It's much bigger than just Lochrane, Mohol or Bournacoola. Well, oh, well, absolutely. I mean, we, we understand today that there was a vintage club from Inishon Peninsula here. The North Roscommon were here, Mullingar 
vintage club we're here so we've had one of the biggest uh, exhibitions of vintage cars and machinery with, that we've ever had probably almost a double on, on what we had some years so it is absolutely it's a regional festival now a well established regional festival and it's great we're delighted remind us again where the proceeds go to and what the good it does for the community in Bordercoola well the proceeds of course go to Bordercoola Community Development which runs a community centre which runs a youth club which uh, sponsors the local GAA club and basically we provide facilities for the people of the parish uh, it's very important we allow them to use the community centre without charge for community activities and we have supported all sorts of good causes with anything all the money stays locally and it all goes towards the development of Bornacula uh, you did mention before that every able-bodied person in the parish of Bournecoula will be out helping. I met Sean McGowan, Declan Bohan and Seamus Mallon in the car park out doing stewarding. So I think uh, it's, w- it's well, uh, I think you can pretty much guarantee that everybody has been uh, involved today from the community point of view. Oh, well, that's, that's, that's the unique thing about Bournecoula. You know, while our committee would be very small and getting people to come to meetings can be difficult, but more importantly, when you need them, when you need something, to, they were there for the last three days setting it up. They'll be here for the next two or three days cleaning up, doing the whole thing. There's great support, fantastic support. And I suppose, you know, we, we have the, the local GA club who do all the stewarding and we have all the ladies in the parish that feed three or four hundred vintage people. So it's, it's a huge effort, but everybody loves it and everybody wants to be involved in it. It's great to see the community coming together to support the community events, essentially, and it's all in aid of a fantastic community in Bournecoula. Congratulations again. Thank you very much. Andrew Hanley, you're here selling tickets for Ruski After School. Tell us a little bit about what is going on. Absolutely, Refni, yeah. So we're here today, we're selling tickets for a great cause for Ruski After School. Um, it's something that was set up by some members of the community um, a little over two years ago now. And um, we're just trying to get a bit of a fund going together to, to get some uh, some funds in. Yeah, that's basically it. So what does Ruski After School do then, other than the obvious? <laughs> I suppose, yeah. So we, we, we provide a service for, I suppose it's mainly for families that are working um, late into the evening or directly after school hours, so from between 3 o'clock up to 6 o'clock. And uh, they can have the kids left there for, uh, for that amount of time and they're looked after and fed. And that's basically it. It's providing a service for the community, yeah. OK, tell us about the draw, because I see some pretty big prizes here. We've got some decent prizes, some unusual prizes as well that wouldn't have been seen before. So our first prize there is a Shirley Heifer. Um, and one of our committee members, Barry Mitchell, that's based down there in the central store inside Nruski, um, has, has set this up for us. So the first prize is a Shirley Heifer. Second prize is a nice cash prize of 500 euros. And our third prize then, 250 euros cash prize. Um, so we're going to have our... Uh, we're going to have our draw uh, in the Weir Lodge on the 5th of October 2019 and um, we'd like everybody to come in and, and, and support it as best they can. Um, there's going to be music on the night, it's going to be a bit of crack, so yeah, if we can get as many people in. If you want to buy your tickets, you can also go into uh, Tig's uh, shop there, Centra and Ruski, buy your tickets off Barry down at the meat counter as well. And just one quick question for you. I have nowhere to put a Shirley Heifer, so I've just bought a ticket. Um, what happens if I win it? Do I have to bring a cow home and put it in my spare room? Not not necessary. Let's just say we'll come to some arrangement. If you win the Shirley Heifer, we'll find some way of delivering them to you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure I like the sound of that for the Shirley Heifer, but, but yeah. listen, thanks very much. Appreciate it, Brefney. Thank you.
I'm here with Joe Blount, the head beekeeper of Lochrin Beekeepers Association. Joe, I'm surrounded by honey and beeswax and hives. What exactly am I looking at here? Uh, what's here in front of you now is a hive, a working hive. So you would have a brood box where the queen and the bees live. Then you would have the supers on top where the bees store the honey. Um, we take off the honey in August, um, jar it, and we're selling it here in Locker into local market. And this is all from local bees, from local lands? This is local bees. You can't get more local than here because we're only half a mile down the road uh, from Lochrin. Tell us a bit about the method you use to collect the, the honey and I suppose a little bit about Lochrin beekeepers as well. Uh, the method we use is we take off the supers, which is where the bees store the honey um, during the year. We take off the supers in August, early August, um, put them into an extractor and extract the honey and we jar it so there's nothing added there's nothing taken away from it it's not heated nothing no sugar syrup is in it um Lochrin beekeepers we set up about three years ago and um we're going from strength to strength getting bigger and bigger our plans for the future is well god knows where it takes us and it's called the digs tell me about that yes um we're we're Lochrin beekeepers but we named it after Loch Rin and we like to think we're tracing the footsteps of the Reverend Joseph Diggs. He was connected with Loch Rin. He was a pastor here, I think. And he's regarded by many as the founder member or the founder father of Irish beekeeping. And he developed a method of using the, using the frames in the hive to extract the honey. And it's nice to think that we're, we're tracing his footsteps. And how is business today? Are people buying the, the honey or the wax? Uh, the honey the honey is flying out of it. I uh, can't believe um, it's going so well. Um, I, I'd say because we're in Loch Rain and it's Loch Rain honey, it makes a difference. But we're delighted with today. Yeah, it's been a great day for us. And for people who aren't here today but maybe listen to this in a week or two, where can they pick up a few jars for themselves? Uh, we sell locally in Foxes at Hooman and uh, we have a website. So if anybody wants to get us on Facebook or Instagram, it's um, Lochrin Honey. So well, listen, Joe, thanks for bringing me through the process and the very best luck for us today. Thank you very much indeed. Pleasure. Your name is? Lewis Johnston. So Lewis Johnston, we're here looking at a motor and an engine. Can you tell me a little bit about it? It's a Ruston Hornsby, made in 1925, four horsepower. So it's nearly 100 years old and still working like today was... It's not too much different between us. How does it work? You just give it a swing of that little handle that's there and stop a petal and away you go. Throwing on a petal. And what would that have been used for well, 95 years ago? No, it could be driving a generator, a pulley on the far side, and a weight belt, you know. Driving a generator, missing cows, missing machine, or pumping water. And how long has it been in your, uh, how long yeah, has it been your care? For 10 years, I suppose. They got it laying on the ground like a half of scrap, you know. The two grand for it laying on the ground. After and six weeks I got it started, and I've done it up since then. Made the trailer and put it on it. Because it looks in fantastic condition. Ah, do they? You're a good doer up there. I am a an engineer by trade, like, you know. Bit of everything. 
it's it's 94 years old. Any how much older is it than yourself? I'm 85 last week last five a week. You don't look a day over 60. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so, in a, in a practical use today, it's really just for demonstration purposes. Ah, yeah, yeah. They originally shouldn't be moved about. They were stationary engines, put into a shed, bolted down. That wall down there, have a hole through it, and they belt it out to the next machine, walk away, and she'd stay in this shed all the time. That's supposed to be moved. That's a magnet, and it doesn't take a drain. You see, the carburetor's open, you see. The rain is going there, the rain is going there, and stop the whole lot. Mm. And that's supposed to be out at all. And have you always been into engineering? Oh, yeah, all my life, I was a gossip. I was at houses when I was 14 for ESP. All the boys said, oh, he'll burn the whole country, but they're all there yet, anyhow. <laughs> and so how long how long did it take to get into this? Oh, six or seven weeks. And I asked the man that sold him, he's here the day now, he deals on them. He daily walks, he operates through England. He's all the time buying and selling them. And he paid a man for two days to put a go, and I couldn't get a go. I dared him for a go, and I give him any money if he could put a go, because this needle, you see that needle there? That needle didn't belong to him. But I heated up with gas and welded a brass out in the middle of it and put it in and you were swinging away with it. Well, listen, I've never read a book or a paper in my life, no more. But if you just read the book, it'll tell you how to do it, but then the good's gone out of it. Find it out yourself. Well, on that note, I think it's a good motto for today. I'm telling you, that's the sort of me now. I wouldn't read a book or a paper under no circumstances. I do it myself. I'm building tractor engines all my life. For the fun of it. And there was a technical school, two days to the national school. My father died and was a gossip. So it was three and a half miles from the town, so it didn't bother my head. Greater Hunt instead. The guard came at me one day in the town and said, on a bicycle, no later. She said, what the hell are you doing the day? You're not at home. No, you're not in the school. I said, you come down to the meal and hunt them. No, you can stay there. You seem to be pretty handy, though, with an, uh, anything mechanical. And that's what I started. I was on land and I gave it up for my mother with wouldn't know here about them. My grandchildren here today, great grandchildren, third generation down there. I met them. It was last year she'd take calves from a cow or lambs from a sheep for the fun of it. And I wouldn't look to say they were in. <laughs> so thank you very much. Dolores, I'm fascinated by the, the colours on your table, but they're all on the front covers of books. It's your own work, both inside and outside. Congratulations on so many publications. Thank you very much. Um, I've just launched my 14th book, which is called The Little Sunflower Seed. And it's a little story about with my grandchildren about a little seed we found in a packet. And we were going to throw it away, and we, we sowed it in a pot instead. And there was a competition on to see... Uh, who'd get the tallest sunflower and it won and it just proves that the smallest can be the greatest a lovely story and it's, it's where most of your books have seemed to come from is little anecdotes with your grandkids and you just between you and them sit down and come up with the ideas and you draft them you illustrate them and you uh, you can make them into such lovely little books that's right I, I started 10 years ago I never intended to write a book but I was doing a B course in a Mullingar I'm from Mullingar in Belvedere and I just woke up one night with a poem in my head about a bee and I wrote it down and I had been painting for I'm painting for 40 years and uh, I had a lot of uh, art done and I put the 
poem, which one of my paintings, and, and, and I got this idea that I'd make a book, and I did. Uh, and with the help of a graphic designer in Mullingar, we made If I Were a Bee, and that's 10 years ago. And um, I'm delighted to say that I have a publisher for a new book, which will be out next year, next May, called D the Bee, which is a kind of continuation of that particular story where it's about pollination of fruit and veg, which is extremely important to us all because, you know, if we don't have the bee, we mightn't, have any, we mightn't be around, you know? In terms of what your books do, as well as being fun on the, in their own right, but they all have a little message through them as well, how important is that to you to kind of maybe open the eyes of children to some of the issues that are going on in our world in terms of the environment? Well, well I think it's extremely important, and I know for a fact that it does help the children because I have eight grandchildren, and I have two in particular that come, and one little boy, like, we... We do a lot of stuff, and he started writing his own book, and he's only four, and uh, all about different things, and he, he drew all the pictures, and then uh, it encouraged him, and he said, like, oh, well, he got inspiration from me telling him and showing him how to, because I did the books, he's, he's now doing some. Hopefully he'll continue, but we sowed an apple seed in a pot, and it's about five foot high now. And it, it does definitely help children, I know that. And I go around to schools and I talk about the bees in particular. I bring my bee suit and the, the children are absolutely amazing. They are so knowledgeable now. Uh, but I do try and do my best for the environment and talk about bees in particular. There would be a perception though among some kids that the apple is what comes out of the shop. How much do kids understand about where their food and where the, the animals come from? Well, I don't think they know much about the pollination process. Uh, they probably do think it comes out of the shop, but um, I, I don't think they, they... Maybe the older children do, but I try and explain to them about the pollination in particular and how important it is to that we need the insects, not just alone, the honeybees, like all the different bees that, fly, that pollinate. And, you know, there's the whole scatter of them everywhere there's hundreds of different types of bees and the bee, they they don't know that a bee a honeybee looks extremely like a wasp they think that the bumblebee is the one that does the honey but i try to explain all that to them you know as best i can in terms of your own productions you've got 14 books with another one on the way that's pretty prolific in 10 years where can people get their hands on these publications um, well, I have a website, uh, .com. Now, um, uh, they are in They're actually available in this part of the world. They're in Carrick and Shannon. They're going into the reading room. They're also in Leitrim Design House and in lots of other shops around the country. But really, my website would be the place to go. And I don't charge postage. If anyone wants a book, they, I just send them out. Uh, you can just click on the book. I have five books in print at the moment. I've Some of them I've left run out it's kind of complicated when you're doing self-publishing you have to decide do I reprint or do I make a new one because it all costs a lot and you know I, I always go for the new one you know but I have I have reprinted the B book forever it's 10 years in print and uh, that's it um, 
you know, I'm really looking forward to next year because that book will be available, I'd say, wor- uh, well, they say worldwide, but it'll be nationwide hopefully in May, and it's called D the Bee, and it definitely uh, is, is worth looking at. We'll keep an eye out, and obviously there's a huge back catalogue there as well. When that one goes to number one, they'll be looking for the other 14 as well. Hopefully, hopefully, I hope they do. You know, um, I'm delighted to be able to speak about it here, and what an amazing event that you have here. I've never been here before. The crowds are absolutely amazing, and it's very well run, and I really uh, am enjoying the day greatly. Yeah, it's an absolutely massive credit to the committee here. Dolores, thank you very much. Thank you. Great. Thank you. Martin, we're here in the, the trade tent and I'm looking at some fantastic wood turning and joinery products. You've got lovely bowls and boards here and there's a lovely little fiddle up there on the top that I'm going to chat to you about in a few minutes. But tell me a bit about what you do here. Well, all of my bowls there, they're all laminated together. Some of the bowls, approximately 25 to 100 pieces in it. And they're all turned, laminated together at my own workshop, my own lid, in my own time, as I say. And they're all waxed to a high standard, and a wipe of a soft cloth cleans every one of them. And the same goes for the breadboards, it's the same setup. Various colours as you see yourself. There's jatoba and ash in that one there, and a wipe of a cloth cleans them. They're oil for the breadboards on that. And the same with cake stands is the very same, but they're gone in fact today. And they're talking about the fiddle. That fiddle is in Bog Oak. And a number of people try to buy it, but it ain't for sale. It's a once-off. It's on display, though. We're at a fair. Everything's for sale, surely. No, not at that time. That's not. It's just a centre piece, and it's a once-off. And I don't think I'd ever sell it. You know, um, for the amount of time and dedication is going into that, I couldn't sell it. Fair enough. I don't don't blame you. It's an absolutely beautiful piece. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, There's a chalice on both sides there, and there in Bogok as well. And they may be gone. I'm not 100% sure. They may be gone in Bogok. Everything else is just one there for, for holding a dozen eggs. And the women go sort of crazy for them ones, but um, that holds a dozen eggs, and they're there in beach and ash, and they're nice. In um, terms of your own wood turning skills, is this something that's been a career for you, or is it a hobby? Well, it's a hobby, more or less, than else. You know, I love to be at it, because if you take that piece there, that I'm going to show you, you can't see this, but the centre that comes out there, you see it, there's probably a hundred pieces in that, and the back of it is what you see in the centre on the other side. And the amount of time there's in that there is unreal. You know what I mean? But I love to be at it. What you see at the end of the corner session is what you appreciate. And that's what I love about it. And when you walk into someone's house and there's one of your pieces, maybe uh, they're cutting the bread on it or there's a bit of fruit in it or it's holding the eggs on the on the tabletop, yeah. how much of a kick do you get out of that? Well, you get a better kick of someone, if you don't even know it's in the house, and someone that's presented to somebody in the house. And I often get that. And I'd be often sitting at a table with a lazy Susie on it that is mine, and I wouldn't have known that I'd landed into that house be a present to somebody moving into a new house. And that gives me a bit of a thrill, you know what I mean, to kick out of that. You know, and I, I'd talk about it, and I wouldn't let on until I was leaving that it was mine, you know what I mean? And that goes on, you know what I mean? And every single piece made by your own hand? Oh, every piece, yeah. Every piece in, on that display today is my own. And that's a clock there in Bogo, there, standing up there. And uh, that's in Bogo as well, them three pieces of Bogo to the other day. And there's an odd piece of Bogo on that there, what you're looking at. 
but that's me there so there's channel holders there and a few little different things but that's all basically the end of the story and if someone's listening to this now they don't have the option to, to see these beautiful pieces but if they wanted to look it up where could they get more information or where can they contact website. you I'm on the, on the website on the email or on Facebook either. I'm on that Martin Riley Wood Turner yeah dot com you'll see me on it anyway and of course the phone number is 043-66-83243 as well for anyone who wants to find out more yes and at the same time if you have money to spend now I'll take it off you as well <laughs> well you told me I don't have enough money to buy that fiddle and it's the one piece I wanted no no, no money can't buy that no money couldn't buy that and it was tried on Several different occasions, but that's my centerpiece there, and I don't think I'd ever sell it. Well, thank you at least for, for confirming the stereotype of the cavern man anyway. Um, <laughs> the very best of luck and best thank, luck thank and safe travels back to Gowna this right. evening. Thank you. Patrick McDonough, we're here with your Jeep. Yes, it's a, an original 1942 Willys MB American service Jeep. And this has seen action? This saw action in France and the Low Countries in '43. yeah. And how did it come to be in your possession in Boyle? So it was sold out of service in 1957. Uh, it had stayed in the British Army after the war years. It went from there to Scotland and I purchased it off a fella in Drogheda about five years ago. And how much work does it take to maintain a vehicle like this? Well, let's say you don't spend too many times in bars or, or you give up smoking and any other distractions you have. It takes a fair amount of time, but all well worth it. And tell us a bit about the vehicle. Describe it to us, because obviously the listeners can't see it, but it looks amazing. It really re- recreates that feel you get maybe from an old World War II movie. Exactly. If you saw Saving Private Ryan, or Fo- this Jeep was actually in Foyle's War. So she's the original MB shape. She's in the livery of the year. She has original military registration numbers on her. It's the olive drab green lusterless finish, so it doesn't reflect light for aircraft. Uh, she's, she's the real deal. She comes with the rifle. Uh, it's four-wheel drive, high and low range. Uh, it won't stop. It will go, and it swallows petrol like it's going out of fashion. How many miles to the, to the leader do you get? Uh, it's easier to say 10 miles to the gallon. Wow. So you're effectively pouring it at that speed, yeah. yeah. And would that have been the same back in the World War years? Yeah, the jerry can on the back wasn't for decoration, it was to extend the range. So you'll get 100 miles in the tank under the driver's seat, you get another 45, 50 miles out of the jerry can on the back. So petrol was your friend. Absolutely, but also a good target if the bombers did hit it. The petrol was going to make sure there was no more Jeep left. Exactly right, exactly right. Very dangerous. And do you get a chance to get this out much on the road? I do the school run in it. Uh, And we just had it in Normandy for the 75th anniversary of D-Day. The first two weeks of June, those Jeeps from all over the world there. That was great fun. You must be the coolest dad in the playground uh, with the, the kids coming to school in this. Especially in the boys' school. It's a big hit, big hit. The end of every term, we ring it down and give the kids a spin. Actually had it up in Balnamuk a few weeks ago for the, the end of term there. So it's great fun, yeah. Excellent. Well, listen, safe travelling, and I hope the weather keeps for it because it looks kind of breezy. It's, it's an open deal, yeah. You get whatever the weather is. So we'll be fine on the way back to Boyle. The forecast is good. Thanks very much. Cheers.
Mike Oliver. You are here with one of your friends. Would you like to introduce... Well, first of all, hello and welcome to the programme. No problems at all, thanks. And could you tell me who your friend is here? Uh, it's a European eagle owl. She's one of, actually one of the biggest owls in the world. And her name is? Enid. And how Nin- old is she? 19. 19. 19 years of age? 19 years, yeah. Wow. Her eyes are absolutely amazing. <laughs> oh, she, she sees everything. She does. So what are you doing today, Mike? Just showing owls, just letting people see them, getting as close as I can to them, handling them if they want to. That's all I do. And have you had much uh, attention from the, the oh, kids? Lots, lots of kids, lots of photographs. The, the other little owl I have with me, there's a little barn owl. He's, the kids absolutely love him. Well, listen, I'm going to let you get on with your day and uh, say goodbye to yourself and Ian. Thank you very much. Yeah, no problems at all, thanks. And that's all we have time for today, folks. A fabulous day's entertainment in beautiful surroundings. Don't forget to get your tickets for Leitrim Daily Live on the 8th of October in the Glen Centre in Manor Hamilton. It promises to be a fantastic night as we preview the county finals with some of the characters from each of the clubs who will be competing on the day. Tickets are €10 and all proceeds are going to North West Stop. Tickets are available right now on theglencentre.com. I'll be back tomorrow with In Focus, where I'll be taking a look at Morenda, a manufacturing company based in Manor Hamilton. Their managing director, Ronan Hazlett, will be talking to me about the challenges involved in running a manufacturing company in modern Ireland and the very interesting upcoming Brexit awareness event Morenda will be hosting, where they will be attempting to show the impact of Brexit on their processes, delivery times and ultimately their bottom line. It's going to be well worth tuning in for that discussion. Talk to you then.